Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Uh, hello. Welcome to the program. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. And tonight, my guest is Greg Thornton. Greg, how are you this evening? Good to evening? see you, Joey. It's great uh, to be with you. Good to see you. And I love your show. I love what you're doing with oh, it. Thank you, you so know, much. It's a great give and take. And yeah, conversations I, flow. And I wanted to open it up, open up the airwaves yeah. to yeah, have as natural conversation as possible. Yeah, um, no, I think it's great. Yeah. Are you in, like, drive time? This uh, is drive yeah. time. Yeah, well, the true drive time is five to six. Five to but, six. You know, yeah. Six to seven works, and yeah. uh, I wasn't expecting, uh, we were just talking about not self, you know, self-aggrandizement. No, I set you up. But uh, <laughs> I try, when I do that, I try to be ironic. But ratings were, surprised me. I did not expect uh, the type of folks listening, how many folks listening with a new show, so I'm very thankful. No, I think it's great. I wish you the best with it. Well, how long now? Uh, about four months. Yeah, I thought, four or okay. five months. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. Yeah, and it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it was learning the schedule and can I continue to do it? Because people get the, and I wonder if you've had this in any of your professions or what you do, where you work at something, and it's mostly mental work. Yeah. And yet is. at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're exhausted. Oh, your brain is fried. Yeah, I mean, it's different on stage for an actor, film too, but I mean, there's, there's a physicality that can wear you out too. Yeah. But I think the thing that most folks don't understand, and it's fine, why, why should they? I mean, Part of part of what we do, there's a bit of mystery to it. And Ben Kingsley always said, "You're asking me for the keys to the treasure chest, and I'm not going to give you those." But I mean, everybody says, "Okay, I I heard your show. That must be great, man. You must like. What do you work an hour a day? Right. Well, not exactly. No, not most really. of the work's done prep. Oh yeah, background reading. Oh, man. And I haven't tried to make it too much of a system, but I have an idea of where I'm going. Not right. just in the day, but in the weeks and sure. months. Um, and it's more just anything I'm interested in and, and getting to know people. Right. And uh, a lot of it's storytelling. And I hope, especially in the next few weeks, to start telling stories of people I know, sort of belly of the whale stories. Yeah. People have gone to the depths for whatever reason in life, come back, and how right. it transformed them. Yeah. And I mean, we could probably get into that some tonight because, I mean... Yeah. Our it's topic Lent. lends to that. We you know, are in Lent. Indeed. Um, now, the the main reason you reached out and you said that there is now a documentary being made about the Joe Thomas Jr. guitar pulls right. that y'all put on at the Cloverdale Playhouse. There's a, the documentary is called Commit to the Song, and it is basically the story of the birth of the Joe Thomas. Well, it wasn't called the Joe Thomas guitar pole at the time. It mm. was just called the Thurs Third Tuesday Singer-Songwriter Night when right. it first got started. And we could talk about the evolution of, of, of that idea. But the film, which will be this coming Tuesday at the Capri Theater on East Fairview, most people, I think, know where that is. Um, I guess the Capri is Montgomery's art theater. We yes. used to we call it up in New York, where I come from. Um, 
The documentary shot by Josh Carples, uh, who is a fabulous filmmaker and a wonderful photographer, a great songwriter as well. Uh, Josh has been coming to the poll for, we're in our seventh season now, and he just started out, first, Josh would just take photos. Yeah. Great stuff. He'd post them online. He has a Facebook page. Some really terrific, almost portraiture of the, of the artists playing at the polls. And then he developed this idea of maybe, you know, combining image with music, which is always a great thing. And then, and then the documentary just started making itself. But it's, it basically tells the story of the poll and what, um, how it grew, where it is now. What has happened to Joe in particular, mm. who, uh, whose idea it was to begin with, and then what has happened since. Um, and it's really kind of wonderful. I have seen it, and, but I'm not, there's no spoilers. I mean, you can't really spoil a documentary, I guess. I mean, right. it has a beginning. What does Tom Stoppard say when he talks about, well, what do you like to watch? What do you like to read? He says, well, I prefer a story with a good beginning, middle, and an end if it's all the same to you. <laughs> and that's, I mean, the pull doesn't end. This story doesn't really end, but it is basically about how it got started by Joe um, and what happened very early on in the in the pull's life and how the how the guitar pull has carried on um joe thomas was in a terrible motorcycle accident in august of 2012 um and the guitar pull was in its what is march shape my math's terrible six month by then i guess okay. so it was early and it's it was it mm -hmm. wasn't even walking crawling at the time when we lost jonah Terrible Sunday morning motorcycle accident with his wife, Jenny, riding on the back. Oh. Terrible. Yeah, and I remember interviewing your son. Michael. And Michael and, and Andrew. Of um, course. Years ago. Great loss. Uh, indeed. And it had to be 2012, 2013. Yeah, I remember I that. that. That was a great show. They and played. I think they did a couple of songs for you. Yes. And yeah. I think I still have those. I'm going to yeah. look into the, the hard drives, the vault here, and I'll, I'll pull those oh, out. Oh, that'd be great. Um, and it, it amazes me how when you start out something, and I'd love to, we don't give away too much. Again, we want folks to go see the documentary, but you start out something that really is, it's fellowship, it's getting to know artists, right. it's, and then it becomes, like you said, within six months, almost a, a memorial, a way to remember somebody. Right. And it's not what all his name is on it, so it's not always. Now it, it has been since like the September, the month after he was killed. And it's also what I love about documentaries is they often take a subject where a story has happened, and maybe multiple threads of a story mm -hmm. has happened. But unless somebody takes the time to put it together, it, it's, it was just how people live. That's they weren't right. thinking in a, in a story. Right. How do you think the broad brushes, what does he really encapsulate in uh, what the pull has meant to folks who have been going and the people performing? Well, I, th I, mean, I think in the documentary, uh, Josh has captured something really quite wonderful. Joe Thomas was dedicated to... Uh, encouraging and engendering all musicians, but particularly young musicians, just kind of getting started in the business. As Joe was 46, 47, I believe. So he was of, an, of the next generation of singer-songwriters. So there would be guys like Andrew, like Michael, like Jonathan Chu, who were coming into town and playing gigs. 
and Joe wanted to start a um, an, an evening at one of the local pubs that would celebrate singers, songwriters, original stuff. Yes. So he did that at Santa Barbara, which is over off Vaughn Road. It's still there. Divey, yeah, divey oh, yeah. old smoky thing. I mean, I've I would go there. over when, <laughs> and, you know, and so Joe would play and then he'd introduce somebody. It, it was not, it, he never wanted it to be an open mic night. It, it was more dedicated to um, artists who were really working at their craft who weren't just getting up there and winging it, who were playing covers in other places. I mean, we've all done that, and we all know what that's like. Um, and it just developed, and guys, uh, you know, word gets around, and and artists would show up and sit in, do a couple of their songs, and then someone else would come in. But but the way it... So the documentary sort of establishes Joe as, and it's what he was, someone who encouraged um, young songwriters... To, to just keep working at their craft and to allow them a place to do it in. Yes. That was that was open to that. And and what happened was when the Playhouse started to form in the summer of 2011 over at the uh, the beautiful Cloverdale Church that the Playhouse has now in, in been housed there for it's going on 8 years they're in its 7th season. And so I met Joe via Michael going over to listen to those guys play at Santa Barbara. <clears throat> and I always wanted to, when I was asked to become the artistic director of the Cloverdale Playhouse, one of the very first things that, that struck me about being in that building, and you've been there, Joey, so oh, yes. you know what it's like, is as soon as you just start talking, the acoustics just pop. And I'm an actor, so I'm sensitive to that. Right. There's a resonant tone in every building which tells me there's this there's a spirit there going on because the sound just sort of rounds itself around the corners if that makes any sense it, it does, it the, does. i mean your, your sound sort of squares the corner the corner circles the square as they say and and so i thought well this place is just going to be amazing for music and so joe and i would talk and finally just one afternoon he said how about we we go and um, and um, go lo walk through the playhouse, and I want to talk to you about something. So we did. And then we went over to El Rey, which is a great, you know, oh, nice yeah. spot over uh, on Fairview, right next, not far from the Capri. Sitting in a booth, having a cold beer on a hot, hot July afternoon. We had just been in the playhouse, which was under renovation, and it was like sawdust and smoke, and man, it was brutal. You know, we're. Summers in, in Montgomery, Alabama are about oh, as hot as they're going to get. Oppressive, yeah. They're probably going to get hotter. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so we were just in air conditioning. He said, well, here's my idea. What do you think about it? And I said, yes. Because having music in that building was something I wanted to be part of the overall roster of things that the Playhouse did. Series of plays, school, music, constantly. So he said, well, let's just do it. And so the documentary takes, takes you through that. And what Josh has done, I think, kind of beautifully is through a series of interviews, flashbacks, music interspersed throughout, he talks to the artists. He talks to Bubba Hall. Uh, he talks to uh, Jonathan Tew. He talks to Sarah Thornton, who now runs the Playhouse. Yes. 
talks to Ginny Thomas, Joe's wife, uh, about the music, about Joe. It's very personal. There's like there's people talking about how they met the woman they proposed to at the playhouse at a poll, which is kind of what the poll is about it, it and how it has affected the community but also how it has affected um the artists who play there because one of the things i'm most proud of uh and and bubba and michael and joe i know would be proud of is that artists are coming from all over the country to play at it now right. we pay them i mean it ain't a big it's not a bad gig right. but i mean i i used to play music for a living and, I, and it's tough um, you, you you have your tip jar, you get you get a certain thing, and maybe a, you know across the bar the, the great bartender will say, here yeah here take a break and have this you know it's, <laughs> you know that's that's kind of become an expected thing, but but when we first got started we weren't paying anybody we were just out of the goodness of their heart right they were going to just try to get this thing started, and Tuesday night was a good night because it tended to be an off night for a lot of musicians. Yep. In the theater, Mondays are dark night, we call it. So this worked. and But the first poll, we had no idea what to expect. Well, and it creates uh, a, it creates that space I think Joe was looking for. Because I've been to a few, and now yeah. y'all do them outside the playoffs in the, in the kind of the... When the weather prov- provides uh, a yes. decent evening, yes. And it, it's beautiful, but it, it creates... Yeah, the a, courtyard's a great spot for that. I can see why artists from all over the country want to show up, because it is such an intimate setting, and mm-hmm. you get a chance to not only play original music, you get a chance to explain it. Tell yeah. your own story so that music has a, a context. And it hit me even harder with some of these artists. Maybe if I heard their song randomly, I don't know if it would have had the same effect if I wasn't yeah. actually sitting there listening. There's nothing like a live give and take. Exactly. Yeah, that, that is one of the things Joe wanted. And I, I, I absolutely agreed with it. Because as an actor, the thing that happens between what's going on in the performance and what is being received by the audience is Peter Brook, the great director of theater called The Space Between. What happens in that space between? That communion, that's how I refer to Mm. it, because there's the gift of the song and there's the reception of the gift and then it's, what did it do to you? And how did you get to that point? And what is kind of neat about the poll is there is that give and take. And and the and the artist, the songwriter, are, what we always say to them is it ends up being, it's a two-hour gig, man. It's like a really one of the best cheap dates you're going to find. Oh, yeah. I mean, for $10 and two drink tickets, you can't beat that deal with a stick. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's, it's romantic. It's, oh, it's great. Yes. And, and what I love about it is that every artist brings their own voice to it, obviously, and talks as much or as little as they feel comfortable with. I mean, Joey, you write, you know what this is like. How much do you want to share where that idea comes from? Oh. Maybe you don't want to. Or maybe you do. I mean... The interesting thing to me is I, I'm I'm from New Jersey, so coming down from a from a world of lot of hustle and a lot of I mean we're near New York and in between New York and Philly, and when you're playing at at clubs in the city, it's 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 a real there's a whole street thing going on, mm. and so it's much more laid back 
and I, I think that's a very southern thing, which I, I do love about the South. It's very relaxed. But the thing that the artists who come from all over the country now, who, who play at the polls, say their favorite thing is, it's just them and the music. Hmm. There's no ESPN, there's no Fox News, there's no CNN, yeah. there's no noise and chatter and clutter from the bar because somebody's hitting on somebody else. Right. Somebody's upset because their friend didn't show up. And, and now, you know, everybody's there with the with their smartphones oh, absolutely. being like absolutely smart about it <laughs> and paying no attention to anyone else. I mean, you talk about your show is the conversation. That's what the poll is. Yes. And and the added grace to it is that wonderful what I refer to music music communicates better than anything. There's an ineffability about it. It that, to me it's it's almost especially like a, a a song that tells a story. Yeah. But music any song in particular is is more of a snapshot of a, a feeling or emotion um, than other forms of art. Uh, other forms of art can take you on rides of emotion, take you th progress through it, and maybe a good story song does that. But I don't get the same feeling uh, like when I see a movie or a play that I do when I hear a really good song. And it's almost like... Yeah, there's nothing like it. And I, when I talk to especially artists and writers, people who play their own uh, music, if I bring up a song and have a conversation about them, they can remember vividly Usually they can remember where they were, why they wrote it. It's almost like you... Who they were with. Yeah, you can document exactly. And then it goes the other way, too, as part of that gift, as you're saying, where somebody remembers, oh, that was the song on the radio, or that's the song I heard at the Playhouse right, right. before I engage, you know, got engaged. Right. And I went through this whole thing of asking this... I didn't know if she was going to say yes or no, but I always no, remember... No, but there's always the hope. Yeah, always the hope, <laughs> and that song was in the background. There it is. There's something about music and just a song, and I I don't mean just yeah. in terms of mere. I mean it. A, a song can be so simple. It's four minutes. It's three minutes. It's five minutes, right. and yet it gives you an anchor to something much larger. Right. And and what Josh Carples has captured is a lot of that when he talks to some of the musicians who he interviews, and um, and nobody, I think, at least as far as the guitar pole is concerned, understood that better than Joe Thomas, because he did it himself. That's how he made his living, and. I, I write songs. I, I mean, I'm. I don't. I wouldn't consider myself a songwriter. I'm someone who does write songs. Right. Um, I don't make a living doing it, which is a good thing, I think, because it would be like trying to be a farmer, and because I don't know how farmers make livings because <laughs> they're so reliant on the weather. But it is. But the documentary deals with that a lot, and the thing that that I picked up a lot from it is, and I've talked to these guys, I mean, so many of these artists have become dear friends and, and that's one of the great benefits of this thing, is that they respect that gift and that's where I think even Bubba Hall gave that title to uh, Josh and I think he's absolutely right about it. commit to the song it's all about the song right. it's, it's the idea for it it's it's the transference of the idea to the pen, to the keyboard, to the string, to the note, to the song, right. and then the sharing of it. Um, and the the documentary takes you through all that, and that that's wonderful. And then what it does is it it talks about and shares the story of all these artists 
and what the poll has meant to them in terms of their art and how their art then serves that community. And not just the audiences of the poll, the greater music world. Um, it's it's really kind of extraordinary how uh, seven years is not a long time. No. But every po- we do the poll once a month, and we've never missed a beat until this past January when the snows came in. Mm. And I was getting calls at 10 in the morning from two artists who were traveling, one from the Gulf Coast and one from Nashville was coming to play that night. And they said, I, I can't see out my window. I, and I'm, you know, we could talk about it. People don't know what to do in the it's snow down here. Down here yeah. uh, being a Jersey boy, who's one of whose brothers is a captain in the fire department, nothing stops you, man. You just get out, you start your car, and you go. Well, I got to the station that day, but I was swerving yeah, it all was over brutal, the place. Because nobody knows what to do, and they don't get rid of it. Yeah, that was a shame. And, and you know, thank God we got to. You, you have the safety of your audiences to think about too. You don't want people being right in trouble or stuck or worse. You know, but that was the first time we missed in seven years. Wow, first one we've ever missed. Well, I'm, and I don't consider it missed because we're going to make up for it. And right. this season at the at the playoffs, I can tell you, we, we've combined the music series of the guitar pole with the music series of the cabaret shows that are four of those this season with seven polls so eight polls it'll be great and the next poll is march 20th march 20th yeah and then the documentary is this upcoming tuesday the documentary is this tuesday february 20th um at five thirty, at the capri okay and uh, i can tell you that uh, the tickets are on sale now if you're a non-member it's 10 bucks Not and bad. members are seven okay yeah, well, and I encourage, especially if you live in the area, become a member of the Capri. That's it's wonderful free of them. Yeah, uh, because uh, well, I think my brother and his girlfriend went and saw Sleepless in Seattle last night. I believe there. I'm sure it's showing right now. Perfect Valentine's. They both came night in saying thing. we were crying. I'm like, wait, it's okay. isn't that like the classic Valentine movie? Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. And I, I can be a sucker for rom coms. But uh, it depends on the rom-com, yeah. the romantic comedy. Um, but I want to... Well, that's also one of the wonderful things that Josh brings out in the documentary is how certain people came together with help from the poll, because of the poll, right. or maybe in spite of it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of wonderful. And not, I'm not giving away anything about that because that's just kind of a neat part of the story. Well, there's there's an aspect of life, and I didn't intend to weave this together. We were talking a little bit off air uh, about Leo Tolstoy, who I've talked about on the show. But also, I was thinking, there's... Uh, you know, the I show- have to say, you're one of the few talk show guys that actually mentioned Leo Tolstoy, and yeah. I'm impressed by that, and I thank you for it. Well, that's the thing <laughs> with radio. I can just mention his name, you can. and people assume that I know everything. Well, you do. You do. I know a few things, but <laughs> uh, there's a show that I was very, and I think a lot of people were upset when this television show ended, how it ended, lost with J.J. Oh, Abrams, lost, yeah. and it just went on too long, and that can happen with a television program, but uh, there's one episode that always sticks with me. I believe it's Hurley. Um, he's the he's the heavy set guy, and everybody's trying to you know figure out their role on the island. I'm gonna. Right. The doctors are fixing people. They're gathering supplies. It's the uh, kind of uh, I saw it as the bare bone necessities to make society work. And Hurley's off somewhere, and they're like, "Where is he? He's not helping. He's just being a, a lazy bum." And it turns out he's making uh, a golf game up. 
He's using a golf ball and golf club they have, but he makes some sort of sophisticated game out of it. And, and you step back and go, oh, he just contributed a lot. We're about to tear each other apart. Sport. Just, yeah. We play. Were, without, with, the necessities don't get you by. You need right. sport, you need play, you need art. Yeah. And when you create those spaces... Amazing Books. things come. <laughs> amazing things come out of, especially the public places. That's right. Uh, when and again, I don't. Well, I, don't I wonder even if want that. I, you know, I, I, I know, I knew that show. Uh, one of my dear colleague of mine was on it, um, but I did. I have to admit, I didn't watch it until I found out he was, and then I just would only kind of try to watch his. <laughs> yes. And then he was such, became such a main character. I'm going to have to kind of pay attention now. Well, in a second, I want to play a song from the poll. Terrific. Uh, but I, I just thought of this you saying that watching a colleague you have trouble sometimes because it is your line of work when you watch say a television show or a movie or play that you can't turn off the the workplace mind like you're thinking of it critically instead of being able to enjoy the movie oh god why did he do that just then right um no i you know i try not to do that um because i know how hard this work is and how grateful to have it right um but yeah, I think sure they're going to be. If if something and it's true of plays, it's true of a song. If something takes you out of it, and all of a sudden you are thinking about, oh, I wonder why that happened. Right. You've lost me for a minute, and then I, then my mind, the actor mind goes, okay, I wonder. I think I know why that happened. Either it was, it could be a director's choice. It could be an actor, just a certain way of delivery of a line. It could be the story. You know, when you when you sit and... I mean, there's nothing worse, too, than sitting watching something you really are into. And then there's conversation going on in the living room or, you know, the phone rings. Right. or It's like, no, not now. Not now. And but, yeah, I mean, I guess my, my mind does that sometimes, sure. Yeah, and for me it was, and this is why I've taken a, a break largely from politics, I became so cynical, and the cynicism part of it was, oh, this group's going to say this, this group's going to say this. I'm not actually yeah. hearing people, I'm creating caricatures. I've heard this before. In my own mind. Yeah. And uh, I I found i got to take a break from this, and yeah. so I can have genuine reactions to news again. Well, I th- yeah, I think part of that, too, is um, we have lost... President Obama used to talk about this. Like, why aren't you responding right away? Mm. He says, I need to reflect on what just happened. I can't give you an answer about th- this is too, particularly with all the stuff that's just happened. His, he used to hold off on that. Right. Because he needed to reflect. We all do. What does this actually mean in a deeper sense? And if I just say something like right off the bat, that's just could be a knee-jerk reaction. But as you point out with our smartphones, with new technology, it's immediate reaction. The hottest of takes. Get my thumbs going. I got to answer right away. No, I don't. Because when I answer right away, that may not be the answer I really want to give you. And it's usually an emotional response for most people. And um, I think... And also, it's a, it's almost an addictive response. People get, I think some people have done studies, you actually get a dopamine hit from reactions. Yeah, you get off on it. It's weird. It is, they're doing it is a lot strange. of, they, I think we got to kind of pay attention to what that all means. Yeah, get, and we were both talking off mic about how sad it is how tribal things have become. Yeah, it is. And uh, hopefully when foster conversation, whether on the radio or at the playhouse, in right. so many different ways. And I'm, I'm not certain which song I want to pick. Because well, Downtown Lights, I remember uh, seeing your son, Michael Thornton. I saw him play this at Rick at Moe's at an mo- open mic. Uh-huh. And yeah. it, 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 I've seen him play it multiple times. It's a fantastic song. It is. The song I had not heard is your own. 
And I okay. almost want yeah, to you surprised that me. Okay. Uh, it's Stormin' in the Church of Hope. And uh, it's a remarkable song. What do you say we play it and let it speak for itself? Okay. I hope okay. it does. I think it does. And Thanks for thinking of it. After this, um, we'll take a quick break and come back. And again, folks, my guest is Greg Thornton. Um, wonderful conversation. I'm already looking at the clock. We're going to need more than an hour, but I'll, I'll harangue management some other day. <laughs> but for now, here is Stormin' in the Church of Hope. It's called Stormin' in the Church of Hope. So big, you gotta hold on. 
had ridden out the storm Something comes, shakes you to your core And just when you thought the horizon was in sight You end up lacing up your boots for another fight a simple matter between what is wrong and right to sort the choices bad things from the good but while all around you's tumbling and day turns into night and nothing seems the same from where you stood you got a hold of it's a slippery slope while it's Church of Hope Just when you thought You had ridden out the storm Something comes Shakes you to your core Just when you thought The horizon was in sight You end up lacing up your boots For another fight It's a slippery slope While it's storming Storming in the church of hope You gotta hold on It's a slippery slope While it's storming Storming in the church of hope Welcome back. Coming back. Just cold here. You're listening to Joey Clark Radio Hour. My guest this evening is Greg Thornton. We just went out with uh, one of your songs. And yes, you... I didn't know you were going to play that. Well, you said that was you. the first time you performed it? At, that was at the that is a live performance at the Cloverdale Plaza at a guitar pole last April. Yeah, I had never sung that in public for anybody. Well, and uh, Obviously. you said, and because we're short on time, yeah. that this came from you were going down to New Orleans in that area after Yeah, Katrina. we were taking uh, Christmas presents from, I gathered from the big hearts of a cast of a Christmas Carol at the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, took it down to a church in Pas Christian, Mother of Mercy, and... Um, the image that began that song for me was the pastor there, Father Francis, who was standing trying to straighten out a burlap curtain through a, all the windows of the place that had been blown out. Mm. So the wind, I mean, just, and he was, I think he was still in some kind of odd shock. Right. Um, and he was just, just a sweet, dear man. And, and that's sort of where that image came from. And from that, the other ideas started coming. Like, what do we do when we are in a what we think first of all is a holy place that your prayers will may be answered but it's certainly where you offer them up in a yeah. more public way and here's a man who's clearly dedicated his life to that and I mean his church is all over the place well and literally and I'm I'm struck by how it, it was a literal church yeah. that's incredible it was a church uh, when I heard it this morning it 
it's hit me in all the things I've been thinking about lately. Of yeah. uh, how you come out of uh, you're in a you have hope, but you realize that there are there's a storm going on right now. Maybe the one you've been dealing with for the past few years has settled down. Right. But oh, here comes another one on the horizon. Yeah, that's what that chorus is about. And, and it's yeah. that life is these fits and starts, maybe more more fervent storms than others but right. as long as you sort of have that place of hope even if the storm might ransack your sanctuary yeah i mean i yeah yeah you're right joey i mean i think part of what i and we've all dealt with this whether it's and the documentary deals with this too these tragedies that happened that you totally were un, unprepared you're never prepared for things like that right. never i mean you're never prepared. I mean, they say you pre- should be prepared. For, that's why there are sirens, <laughs> you know, and, and you got to pay attention to them. That's why there are problems in life you need to maybe pay more attention to. And to me, the thing is, how does someone deal with those kinds of tragedies, what expected or unexpected, those storms, is about how deep that reservoir they have is. And you don't know what, how deep that is until you start what I refer to as if you're not careful, that's a slippery slope that's going to take you somewhere you do not want to... You, you may not be able to come back from. Or you or you need to go down, and then you will come back from it. Right. That's, that's strength. That's courage. I mean... And, that's what that song is about. And, and it's, it, there's some politics in it. And oh, that's sure. on purpose. Um, but that sort of just happened, too. And I, it's just you, you look at people who have struggles in life that are hugely difficult. And uh, you wonder how they get through it. And some people don't, clearly. And that's the heartbreak. Well, and I mentioned this earlier this week, but I think it's appropriate to mention it again. Um, I had somebody read a piece of writing I wrote a year or two ago. Always scary. Always scary. <laughs> um, and when there's because if you ask someone, yes, you, you're going to get an answer. And what did they say? Be careful what you ask for. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and she was asking for my perspective on things. I'm like, this yeah. essay sums up my perspective better than I could just say right now, right. quickly. And one line in it is though I'm very cynical about man's politics. I'm very hopeful in man. Yeah, and she asked, "Well, why are you hopeful?" And you just mentioned people who have these immense struggles more than I've gone through in life. And it, I said, I have hope because I see people who have these incredible hurdles in life, yeah. or it's something they're they're born with, or it's something other people put up in front of them, and yet the heroic actions people take uh, that manifest themselves in big ways and small continue to amaze me and give me right. Hope. And and what they're doing has nothing to do with. As far as they're concerned, heroism. Right. They're just trying to get through the day. And that's that makes it even more amazing. Yeah. It's not a prideful stance. It's not even well, a dutiful. The, the heroes don't show off. Right. <laughs> I mean that to me I mean, to get back a little bit to this documentary that Josh yeah. Carpels has done, that is the integral part of that film is how Ginny Thomas, Joe Thomas's wife of very short amount of time they were married comes back from the massive injuries loss of a leg uh, from this motorcycle accident yes Joe lost his life I mean there can't be anything worse for a husband and wife to realize oh he's not going to be with me anymore 
but now I've got this to deal with, too. And Ginny is extraordinary in terms of the strength that she must have called upon to, first of all, try to hold on to that leg, and then to realize this isn't going to happen, and then to come through that and, and try to live her life without that. I mean... I mean, I suppose you could talk about phantoms. I mean, people talk about those things. Oh, yes. This prosthetic that she just is like part of her now, and, and she's real cool with it. But, I mean, this could not have been easy for her in any stretch of anyone's imagination. And the first time she came to the poll after that was like, my God, the entire group were just around her. Another thing that's not so easy all the time, because then it becomes public. Yes. Even though, yes, you are my friends. Yes, you have lost a friend who happens to be my husband. And now I have this. So the film deals with that. And, and it's not in any way... I mean, it's, it's incredibly moving, but there's nothing maudlin. Yeah. It's somber at times. You'll see and you'll hear it in some of Josh's background that he wrote for it. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't if you aren't moved by something like this. I'm not sure who you are then. Well, and you, you got me thinking about. Um, there's a long tradition. I, I think it's not necessarily the best one. It pops up in all sorts of Western thought, especially going all the way back to Socrates, and sometimes in Christianity, not always. Uh, too much of a reliance. Anything of the mind is great and higher. Anything of the body is lesser. Right. And I tend to think of it, no, there, there's an immense balance to, say, spirit and physical. I think the two yeah. are almost one and the same. That's the struggle. And, I mean, it's <laughs> as blunt as saying, you know, when somebody loses a limb, it's a physical pain, but it's a, a psychological pain. And it's a, and then yeah, you I lose. I can't even imagine that. You lose a loved one. Um, it's yeah. a spiritual. It's, yeah. And you almost have to be reborn, and um, and when you're a friend to somebody like that, it, it's it's difficult to even know what to say. But it's even if you don't know what to say, it's very good to be there to listen often, just to be there. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that that has carried me through serious loss, um, in and, and and I and I I worry they're strong people, but I I mean, some of the the guys that hang around the pole my son being one of them, have lost a lot of close, close friends who yeah. are young, young. Yeah. I mean, I love that Billy Joel song, and that may be true, right. but that doesn't make it any easier. And in many ways, it makes it harder. I mean, when I was first getting started um, on a career as an actor, I also played on a band a trio, strangely enough, called Trinity. <laughs> um, and the woman who was in the group had a voice to die for. We lost her. She was like 34. Mm. And uh, that was... That just rocked rocked me to the core. Um, but the thing that, I, that has to carry you through, and there's a wonderful... And I call on him all the time. One of my favorite poets is Seamus Heaney, Irish poet, who we lost about three, four years ago now. Um, he has a poem called Clearances where he talks about places where emptied great trees were felled and a space was emptied left for us to fill 
Mm. I'm paraphrasing the poem. But that's what it's about. And the film talks about that. I mean, not in those words, but that's what's going on. That space that was emptied by Joe's leaving gets filled by that ongoing music and those on, the, the songwriters who continue to write songs. And I can't think of a better legacy, if you want. Legacy is a much overused word, but that's a wonderful gift to be able to continue to provide that for folks. Well, and, and the songwriters themselves need it, too. Yeah, and it's, um, I, it's, it's remarkable to me how, for me, I've been going through, I lost a parent, but now it hit me not very recently, like this month. I was listening to a father and son by Cat Stevens. Great I actually listened. That's a great song. And uh, it hit me. I didn't just lose a parent. I lost home. Yeah. Like in the deepest sense. Like that childhood home for my first 20 years is gone. Yeah. And it wasn't a despairing thought. It was almost a... I, it's time to start rebuilding, and in a way, it's uh, if you can do that in your own private space, but also when you can provide your rebuilding efforts or to continue to build in a public sense where people can yeah. help one another. Well, like, you know, I, I'd in many ways, I, I don't, you know, someone says, well, that person was taken from me. Well, yeah, it's not like somebody came down and yeah. just said, it's your turn now, but maybe that is what's happening. Um, might be the rapture. But, <laughs> but, but it's not about the fact that it's... I mean, it, you go through that, I think, that you think, okay, they're gone. It's gone. She's gone. But they're never gone. Exactly. And that's what has to carry you through. I mean, I'm not a believer in ghosts, really, though I think they're around. There's a spirit. Yeah. You know, and and that's on purpose. I mean, those those little nudges you get sometimes. Like, wait, did I just did somebody just tell me something? Did I just feel a thing there? I yeah. I mean, I've I feel those. Well, and the power of uh, individual lives along with others in a in community, the ripple effect of just taking the time to say we're going to do a guitar pull for artists. We're going to have the space to do it. Right. Um, it has uh, ripple effects beyond what the, I think the people first threw the pebble into the pond. Oh, that's thought. absolutely true, Joey. And I think that's a lot of what you carry out of that film.